hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So last week we started a new series called A Journey of Prayer. And I love that image. It was an image that that I kind of struggled to come up with a title of this series. And I, I sat on this just because... If you think about your own prayer life, it, it is a journey. It's a journey of highs and it's a journey of lows by, by what may be going through your life even right now. But it's also a journey by a frequency. You know, if we all admit, sometimes we, we ebb and flow in our, in our prayer life where we have moments where it seems like Prayer is, is all that we do and everything we do. And then there's times where prayer becomes something just so distant or, or, or so in the rearview mirror, if you will, or, or, or you realize, wow, it's been a while since I've actually prayed. Prayer is something that connects us to the heart of God. And the reason why we're talking about this is because there's really three movements of prayer. Now, the, 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 ser- the series isn't necessarily going to help you find different ways to pray. Hopefully, we can find those as we move along. But I want you to think about prayer as, as three distinct movements. There, there, there's an inward prayer. There, there's an upward prayer. And, and then there is an outward prayer. And each of these movements help us connect to the God who loves us and cares for us, helps us connect to the, to the entirety of the triune God, which that, that's a whole other sermon that we can try to get into. But, but each movement really connects us with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. So as we move through this series, I pray that your prayer life becomes richer that your prayer life becomes really embedded with a God who loves us and cares for us. And as we prepare to hear our scripture for this morning, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. So God, as the praise team sang, that we are to come as we are, to lay down our burdens, to lay down those things that, that, that gnaw at us, that, that makes us raw. Those things that causes us to struggle. But Lord, we also know that while those times it may be easy for us to pray to you because we, we want you to touch us, you want, we want you to, to be there with us. Maybe some of the most difficult times for us to pray is when everything is all right because we think we don't need you. We think we got everything just how we want it. So, Lord, as we talk about prayer and the journey that we take, 
We ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So, this morning, we're going to start with a scripture that we ended last week with. And remember, I told you that this scripture was one that was really important for me the days after September 11th, but it's still a scripture that I go to time and time again just to hear Jesus' words into my life, and maybe you need to hear these words especially this morning. Our scripture is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 29. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles or we will have it printed up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as I said, we're, we're looking through this journey of prayer, a, a journey that we go inward, we go upward, and we go outward. Now, this may be one of the only times that you really hear me encourage you to go inward. We talk a lot about the work of the church, and, and what we do as a church is that we're not supposed to be an, an inward organization or, or an inward movement where we're supposed to be sharing the love and grace of, of Jesus Christ out into the world around us. But, but the important part, the important reminder when we go inward, it isn't basically to make ourselves comfortable. Let me say that again. When we look inward, it, isn't, it doesn't have anything to do about how to make ourselves comfortable. But it's to live out those words of the psalmist, to, to look inside our lives, to, 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 to melt us, to mold us, to move us so that we can become more like Christ in our lives. That, that, that Christoformity, that, that, the word that I love to say, to say that we are daily supposed to be formed into the image of Christ. And if we as a church fail to do that, then, then, then we leave Christ behind. And I don't want to be a part of a church. I don't want to be a part of a movement that is leaving Christ behind so that I could lift myself up. And when we take that moment to, to start with inward prayer, it helps us to see how connected we can be. And, and the reason why we're connected is, is because, as we talked about last week, the fact and the joy and, and, and just the awesome feelings I have knowing that Christ right now is praying for us. That's what he's doing. There at the right hand of God. He's just not sitting there on vacation. He's up there praying for each and every one of us. And when we begin this journey to inward prayer, we join Christ as Christ prays for us. And if you don't hear anything else, 
it, it makes me smile just thinking about that right now, that, that, that Christ is praying for me right now, and when I pray, I am joining with Christ in those prayers. So how do we do that? How, how do we join Christ in our prayers? The first and I think most important lesson that you can take on a journey of inward prayer is just to pray where you are. To pray where you are. You know, with all the people we have here in the sanctuary, with those people that are watching online, I can guarantee that each and every one of us are in a different spot in our lives. We have different things that are going on in our lives that, that we can lift up to God. And, and, and there will never be a perfect time for us to pray. Let me say that again. There will never be a perfect time for us to pray. We will always find reasons not to. That's just how our lives are. We will find reasons to, to avoid, to be in prayer. We will take time to, to realize that there is something else that can draw us away from our time of prayer. And we'll talk a little bit about more of that later. But we need to take the moments where we are right now and, and lift them up to God. Our sorrows, our joys, our, our, our disappointments, our excitement. When we take those times to God, then we can finally and, and hopefully see the love and grace that, that he continues to pour out on us. But, but there's a warning that goes with that. Don't be overcritical with your prayers. Don't be overcritical with your prayers. So what I mean by that is don't try to critique how you pray. Don't, don't try to say, well, I need to make sure that I have a certain amount of prayers going this way and make sure a certain amount of prayers going this way. Or, or maybe I didn't say those words just right. Maybe, maybe God isn't listening because I, I just didn't say it the way that, that I felt like I should say it. That is not what prayer is about. Richard Foster, in a book that he wrote called Prayer, Fighting Heart, the Heart's True Home, he said it this way, oftentimes your hearts will condemn you for things for which God does not condemn you. He is pleased when you try to please him. See, see, all that God wants you to do is just to come to God, to lift up your prayers to God. Sometimes we're more critical about what we do and how we do things than God can ever be. Or, or earlier on this year, I shared with you this prayer about, from Thomas Merton, where in the middle of the prayer he says, but I believe the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. What I think he's saying there is like, I, I believe the desire that I just want to lift up my prayers to you is just enough to do that. Even if it's just a simple prayer, God, I'm here, amen. Because God knows your heart. God knows what, what's going on inside of you. And, and maybe when the words or, or maybe when the thoughts just cannot be there, 
just a recognition, j- just a surrender, saying, God, I-, I can't pray right now, but I am just here because I know that that pleases you. Now we have to remember that when we pray, it's not a way of earning God's pleasure in our lives, but it is an opportunity to express gratitude for God's love and mercy in our lives. When we begin this journey of inward prayer, we have to, to live into the words of, of, of the Proverbs. Proverbs 24, 16, that says that though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The important part of inward prayer is realizing that we are going to fall over and over and over again. And even though we may fall seven times, guess what? We get up that eighth time and we continue to lift up our prayers to God. And I think the important thing to remember with this this inward prayer is that it helps us to form a covenant with God. A covenant is one of those Bible words that, that may be hard to understand. And, and next year, in 2022, I have a plan to do a series where we take a look at the covenants that God has made with his people. But for our purposes for today, when we think about a covenant, what it really says is that a covenant is making a, a commitment to God. Saying, God, I am there, and I want to be there in prayer with you and for you and for, for those around me. But we have to understand and look and see how we can live out that commitment. And the very first thing that we live out in this commitment is that we must have a commitment of time. As I said before, we will never have time for prayer. If you look in your lives, you you will see that you can absolutely avoid going to God in prayer because there's always going to be something that you can be doing instead of praying. So so my first challenge for you is, is to carve out a regular time of prayer. You must carve out space for prayer. This is, this is a practice that has happened even early in the early, early church. And if you look at Scripture, you can see the importance of the different hours of prayer. The early church would pray at, at, at 6 o'clock in the morning, at 9, and at noon, and then at 3, and then 6, and then 9. The 6 o'clock in the morning being the first prayer of the day, and the 9 o'clock prayer was how they would close their days and prepare for bed. You may notice that we have our Wednesday prayer here in the sanctuary, and it is at noon. And the reason why it is at noon is it's just for us to remind ourselves that we are taking this particular time and we are laying it down so that we can have a moment of prayer. If we look at the crucifixion of Jesus, we can see the important times of these prayers, that, that, that Jesus was hung on the cross at the third hour of the day. Darkness came at the sixth hour of the day at noon, and it lasted until the ninth hour when Christ bowed his head and he died. 
There, there are many traditions and many groups that, that really practices these, these times of prayers. When I was in seminary, I've shared with you before how I went to Taizé, France to participate in a Protestant monastery, and they had times of prayer at 8.15 and at 12.30 and then at 8.15 at night. A call for morning prayer, a call for, for noon prayer, and then a call for evening prayer. And one of the things that I remember is that each and every person would go to basically the exact same spot every time that they would pray. And the monks would say that they would have their own spot in their own area of worship where they would stop and they would be there to pray. But the funniest thing that I remember about this prayer time is at the first few days, during the 815 prayer, you would stop during the, the extended moment of prayer and you would hear people snoring. You would hear people snoring in the middle of their prayers. And when we asked the, father, the, the, the priest about that there, they said, oh, we love that. Sometimes the greatest joys is when, even in a middle of a corporate moment of prayer, was when somebody falls asleep because that, that allows them to see and allows them to feel God's presence with them as they give themselves all to God. And, and the moment of, of snoring and the moment of falling asleep it lets them know that they were comfortable enough, even in uncomfortable positions, just to release everything and allow God to be with them in their moments of inner prayer. Now, a note for those who have children or, or, or grandchildren that they are taking care of, please extend yourself grace. When, when I'm talking about taking moments of, of setting up a time of prayer, I'm not saying that you're setting up a 30-minute a, a section of prayer, but I'm saying, you know, just give God a minute. Give God five minutes. Give God ten minutes. Whatever you can give, whatever you can carve out in your day, because... Those times when we allow God to, to move in and through us during inner prayer helps us to fully connect into who He is. So, so when we have that, that time of commitment, it's always good to have a place of commitment. And the reason why a place is important is because it helps us focus. Now, I, I know that we can meet with God anywhere. Sometimes we meet with God when we're driving one place to another. Sometimes when we're in the middle of a, a boring meeting, we can take time to, to meet with God. But it's the most difficult thing, but I think it is the most powerful thing when you set up a particular place where you can meet with God by yourself. Some of the things that I do is that, that when I wake up in the morning, when, when, when I open my eyes, when I hear the alarm go off, or even before the alarm go off, I, I, I try to pray the Lord's Prayer and, and I say the 23rd Psalm before I even get out of bed in the morning. This is a practice that Dallas Willard would do, and, and it helps to put my feet on the ground in the right way. Sometimes I'll add the Wesleyan Covenant prayer here just to, to maybe give me just a little bit more of a boost as I wake up in the morning. Now, I will admit to you, as much as I want this to be an everyday occurrence in my life, I don't do it every day. 
There are days where I just hurry up and I get out of bed and I get moving. But those days that I am intentional in that and saying, God, I am committing my day to you. Hear my prayer and help me to feel your presence in my life. When I come into the office, one of the first things that I do is that I have a chair that, that sits in a corner and I, I shut the door and, and, I, and I go and I spend five to ten minutes in silent prayer because it helps me focus my day to see how I can best be the pastor to Royce City First United Methodist Church but also a pastor to this community. Making this commitment of place gives me the opportunity to to, to stop and say, God, while I'm carving out this time, while I'm carving out this place, I give myself fully to you. I, I lift up my life so that you may be glorified in all that we do, in all that I say, in all that I participate in. Now, for me, the hardest part of inward prayer and the hardest commitment that we must make is that we make a commitment of openness. Or another way to say that is that we make a commitment of holy expectancy. Romans 8.25 says it this way, but if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. I think the biggest struggle that I have in my own prayer life that I, that I admit to you is sometimes I lift up prayers not expecting God to move. I, I, I lift up prayers sometimes because, well, it's my job to pray. I was with, a, with people down uh, blessing the new uh, reading garden at the library on Thursday, and, and one of the uh, leaders that were there asked me, so what are you doing here? I says, well, you know, I'm here to pray because that's what my job is. You know, I don't really do much else uh, between uh, Monday through uh, Sunday. Saturdays, I just work on Sunday morning, so I may as well pray just to, to earn my paycheck. But... Sometimes when that is your quote-unquote job, it makes you think that the prayers that you say just hit a ceiling, if you will. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we come with hope for what we don't see, but with a per perseverance for what we are waiting eagerly for. We have a lot of prayers on our prayer list right now that we continue to pray for. And we come with those prayers expecting God to move because we are people of hope and we are people of holy expectancy and knowing that, that, that God will, will move in our lives and help us to see his action even in the midst of the deepest sorrows that we may have, even in the midst of those times where we don't necessarily feel God moving in our lives, we continue to allow God to guide us and lead us. I'm going to give one final note here from Richard Foster when he talks about this inward prayer. He says, at first, 
it will feel like we are doing the work that we are the initiators. But in time, we will see that it is God who inflames our hearts with a burning craving for absolute purity. What's he saying there is that at first it may seem like that you are doing all of the work, that, that, that you are the one that, that's making the commitment. You are the one that, that is actually carving out the time, carving out the place, carving out the expectancy, and, and you're not hearing anything. But I think in this journey of prayer, what it actually is doing is God is laying something on your heart God is laying something in your life that, that you can continue to, to lift up to him. And you will see God move in a way that moves the whole world around us. Let us pray. Oh, God. I think inward prayer is maybe the hardest prayer that we try to do because the inward prayer is a prayer that moves us. Inward prayer is a, a prayer that changes us. Inward prayer shouldn't be a prayer that makes us comfortable, but it tests us and allows us to see your heart and it guides us and leads us to align our hearts with yours, to see the pain, to see the beauty, to, to see the world around us in a way that you see it. So God, if we take the opportunity to carve out time, to carve out a place and come to you with holy expectancy, guide us and lead our prayers so that we may become like you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.